Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Bradley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to Inside the Ropes, episode number 116. That's 116 for those who need it spelled out. Lovely to be here, lovely to have you with us. Big show ahead, uh, it always is when Mark Hayes is in the studio. Hello, Murray. And he is, that's his voice. Are you well? Exceptionally well. Flanked by the one and only Martin Blake. Hello, Gazelle. Andy and Hazy, how are you, boys? It's uh, There's a fair bit going on uh, just at the minute. Uh, oh, Curtis, wow, yeah. Curtis Luck's going to join us uh, midway through the show to... Talk about where he's at, and once we've spoken to Curtis, we'll bring you up to date with everything that's going on over in the Corn Ferry Tour playoffs or finals or whatever we call them. I'm not sure what we call them. It'll be interesting finals. to hear what he calls them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he, you know, it's, he's one of the most thoughtful young fellows. So I can't wait to talk to him about uh, his travails on the PGA Tour and what he's confronting the next couple of weeks. Stay tuned because we, we, we've not only is Curtis really close, but there's a – very much a likelihood that another couple with a good result here or the week after could join him. But there is a story about one of them, which yeah. is a story of lament already. So that we'll just we'll just flag that for the time being and we'll get to it uh, when we get to it. Uh, we start with President's Cup, I suppose. That the, the eights, the two eights are uh, in stone now. They are. Uh, and it sort of seems like we've been talking about this for a long time without anything happening. And now it's... You know, there's some movement, which is great. So we've got two teams uh, locked in the top eight players on each side. I think the big news out of it was actually Australian in that Jason Day didn't make mm. the automatic uh, selections. He fell down to number nine, Blakey. Um, yeah. And it, it, you can't imagine a team coming to Royal Melbourne without Jason Day. That is, I'm sure Ernie Ells will give him a captain's pick. But he will, won't he? It's a bit of a shock. I, I, I'm, I'm really happy, Andy, to see three new countries involved. So mm. Mexico through Abra- Abraham Anser, the reigning Aussie Open champion, CT Pan from Taiwan, and of course, Hao Tong Lee, who's a real character from China. So, Blakey, what did you make? I know it's been, it's touch and go because Jazz Janet Watonanond was getting really close to uh, to knocking Cam Smith out of the eighth spot as well. That's right. Well, I'm just wrapped to see Cam Smith get in there for his first President's Cup. That's going to be Huge for him. We saw him represent Australia at the World Cup at Metro uh, late last year, didn't we? And he stood up to that pretty well. So I think he'll he'll play pretty well, Cameron Smith. It'll be interesting to see how Tong Lee play, as you said, Abraham. And so, I mean, on world rankings, uh, Andy, you would give the international team virtually no chance. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that tells us that that would be any different? I mean, I, I think that, Hazy, the President's Cup, it kind of, I hate to use this expression, but it is what it is because the Americans are going to be red-hot favourites. Uh, on world rankings, they've got their eight players that they've named are all in the top 20 in the world. 
Uh, and if you compare that and slide it across to the internationals, you've got someone like C.T. Pan is 51 in the world. Cameron Smith's 46. You know, you've got some lower-ranked players. So it's going to be – the odds will be one-sided, but the Americans are going to play with that little bit of pressure, aren't they? Well, they would have. I mean, this is not it's not entirely unprecedented that a highly, um, you know, a highly-ranked American team crosses a pond and gets knocked over by – uh, either a European Ryder Cup team or a, mm. an international President's Cup team. But it's on the numbers and the rankings and the form line going through and the depth of the two squads, you'd be you'd be a brave man to be backing against the Americans, even in um, relatively unfamiliar conditions like Royal Melbourne. We're going to need it to be, I think, a real Royal Melbourne special, a real Melbourne special from a weather front. I think to, to upset a couple of these Americans. I, I agree. And I think it's more like we talk about course setup and we asked Zach Johnson about that uh, last week. Um, I don't think it's so much course setup as I used to. I, I do think weather yeah, will play I, a huge yeah, more, Much more so, I reckon. I think yeah. if we get up and have a you know a 42-degree day with northerly winds, that'll rock them. And then the next day we have a 17-degree day with gusting southwesterly winds. That might throw a curveball into the American camp. The other thing I'll say about that, Hazy, is that, that these guys are so good. They're, they're so yeah. good. And, and, you know, they, they, our blokes play as little in these sorts of conditions now as the Americans do. It's not as if Adam Scott um, and, you know, and Mark well, – Mark Leishman's probably the one who's going to be most accustomed the way he plays the ball and can, you know, kind of flight at the way, where he's come from. You think that he's the one that's going to be most comfortable. But the, I'm not sure the rest of the international – team are going to be all that au fait no. with those sorts of you know weather fluctuations and extremes either, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair comment. Cam Smith's played a lot on the sandbar, as mm. has Scotty. Of course, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I remember vividly, and I, you know, I was one of many journos, I don't know if you fell for the same trap, Blakey, or not, back in 2011, uh, when we I looked out at the greens at Royal Melbourne, and they were The purple. browns. Yeah, they were the, the browns. Purples. Funny purple colour. Yeah, yeah, they were real purple. And mm. Tiger Woods spoke in a press conference, which I know Blakey's going to talk about in a second. This morning, where he talked, he remembered the blue greens. He called them blue. Yeah, uh, that he saw. And I walked around thinking, "There's no chance that these guys can adapt to this." Uh, and I've mentioned this story before. You know, I, I spent a day out there watching them hit balls before people could come in, the public could come in, and I was amazed at what they were doing. And by Thursday morning, they were good to go. Mm. And I remember Jim Furyk playing the most inventive, brilliant shot. On it, well, it, it is uh, one east. I'm not sure what number it was in that course, but you know, lob wedges and putts like he'd been a member there for 30 years. And I thought, well, this is a complete nonsense because he's not the best player on this team and he's just pantsing the international yeah. team yeah. right now. Yeah. So, you know, I know that Ernie Els is um, going to drill them to within an inch of their lives. He's got an amazing knowledge himself of, of that course, but I don't think the advantage is as strong as we think it is. I agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think that I can remember Webb Simpson, for instance, last time and, and Bubba Watson playing great. Uh, those guys, they, they're good enough to adjust. The big news around uh, the President's Cup today, Andy, is whether Tiger Woods actually plays because he hasn't, as we know, automatically qualified. He was just outside that. I reckon a week ago, if you'd asked me, I'd say no because he withdrew from the Northern Trust with an abdominal sort of issue um, and I would have said no he's not going to play because to play he has to select himself as the captain's pick Mm. and if he selects himself and then he breaks down it's not going to look great is it so he was asked about it he did a uh, a teleconference today with a lot of media 
and he was asked about this. So we might just have a listen to what he said about this because it sounds to me like there's a lot better chance as we speak that he will play. And, of course, that's going to be exciting for everyone who's coming to the President's Cup at Royal Melbourne, his Tiger. I don't know. That's that's up to uh, myself and the vice captains and the eight guys. You know, we're, I'm going to keep an open line of communication with my players and my vice captains to um, – find you know find the four guys that they want to go down there with and who best fits the team uh, this is a team and uh, we want the guys that are going to be a part of it that are going to be a part of this experience and then they want to go to battle with yeah love him i'd love him to i'd love him to be playing i think yeah. we all would wouldn't we look on oh, absolutely we would and think about the uh the the commercial imperatives not only well, the commercial factors in all of this a, having him out, he's going to be fantastic. Right? It's to have him actually here is going to be significant. But to have him playing here is even more significant. Next level. It is. And in terms of getting... That would put five 5,000 people on the crowd, wouldn't no it? No doubt. And in terms of you know people tuning in to watch it, I mean, the, the, the Tiger Zealots all over the world, are the ones who tune in whenever Woods is playing in a tournament, they, they, they're going to make the effort no matter what time it's coming into wherever they might live, they'll make the extra effort to watch it or they'll record it or whatever they do these days, they'll time shift or whatever they do, but they'll make the effort to watch it because of the Tiger factor. And I would think that, you know, those who are in the corner of the President's Cup are very much leaning as much as they can lean on someone like Tiger to get him to play. No doubt. And he mentioned several times there and in other spots of the press conference how he relies relies heavily on his vice captains and he's got a great rapport with them. Mm. I, I can't imagine couples, Stricker or Johnson, looking him in the eye and saying, sorry, Eldrick, you're you're out, pal. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, you're no good. No. And then on Twitter, you know, people talk about, of course, they're going to pick him. He's still ranked in the top 10 in the world. He's, yeah. he's won a major mm. this year and he's Tiger Woods. Yeah, that's that Look, look. I mean, mm. if, you, if, yeah. you're, if you're um, CT Pan and you've got a choice of playing Ricky Fowler or Tiger Woods on Sunday for the all the marbles, mm. who are you going to want to yeah, play? Yep, yep, yep. Well, maybe Tiger with his match play record. You might actually take <laughs> him on, you know. Maybe. But he's, don't we just want to see him? And, and this is where maybe it would be a different call if it was a Ryder Cup. We understand where the President's Cup sits, but we just want him to – we want to see him play while he can, don't we? Of course. You know, he's got – He's on. He's on a time. He's on the clock now, from a career perspective. Yeah. So any chance we, particularly outside of America, get the opportunity to see him play, well, golf fans in those parts of the world want to see him play. Yeah, and one you of the know. key things in that press conference was he he was insisting on players playing. Hmm. Uh, so in not leader, not just arriving in Victoria cold. Great. Hmm. Uh, and and that included himself. Uh, he he said, "I'm playing in Japan." Uh, which is great. So, and he's got his own tournament the week before, right? Yeah. So, you know, he wants to see his team, you know, arrive not with rust and cobwebs and mm. stuff. So, mm. um, one thing I'm, I'm more hopeful s- with Blakey. One thing I would say, Andy, is that uh, this is a, a stone cold fact. Tiger Woods absolutely loves sandbelt golf. Mm. Uh, years ago, I was at the at the Masters, and there was a press conference with Tiger. And he, at the time, he was designing, or sorry, he was he was work, starting his life as an architect, which he's done a few different courses now. But at the time, he was doing his first one, and one of the journo's asked him what type of golf courses he'd like to design. And you know what he said? He said some of those courses down in the sandbelt. Right. Good. He loves the bunkering. He loves you know when he was here last time. I think Hazy might have gone and played. Kingston Heath again. He won. He won the Australian Masters at Kingston Heath, and 
Yeah, he's taken um, a couple of sneaky rounds when he's been I think in he's Australia played in for a few other venues. Different. So I think they've got a perfect captain for Royal Melbourne. And he was asked about this in the teleconference today. So we might hear some of his thoughts on Royal Melbourne right now. Royal Melbourne is not one of the longer golf courses we play, but it is, as you said, it is tricky. And if it gets fast and if we get hot weather, we get the northerlies coming in there, uh, it can it can get quick. Like it was in 11. It was quick the first day, and I think the greens looked kind of blue. Um, putters were slipping on the greens. Um, the balls were oscillating on the greens. I mean, it was quick. And the guys who did play, whether it's um, Webby, me, Dustin, uh, we, we got a we we saw it. I mean, it was it was pretty amazing to see. Uh, you have a sandwich in your hand, and you can't fire it a fly. You get a fire, you know, fifteen twenty feet away because you honestly you just can't keep it. You can't get it close. And yeah. that's where that's where it's, it's going to be fun for us to to go down there and play that type of golf. And it's unique. You know, it's very different. It's uh, a combination of playing Lynx golf and, and Augusta National all in one. So there you go. I mean, he's aware of what it can look like. If the elements, you know, conspire to make it as difficult as possible, it's not necessarily the yardage. It's the um, brilliant design. And um, I and love that, Andy. That so do I. He, he, you know, there are there are heaps of people around that American team who wouldn't have the faintest idea to answer, how to answer those questions so thoughtfully. Yeah. you can. I know that he still has his detractors. We're never going to get rid of them. His knowledge of this stuff is unreal, Blakey, isn't it? Like he, he, he's a nerd, golf nerd. Yeah, he really, he really is. So Brooks Kepka's yep. never been here, by the way. First trip to Australia. So is that but, right? Uh, yeah. So he's he's got some learning. Okay. To do. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure he'll adjust relatively um, <laughs> ad- adequately, Brooksy. As long as he's fair dinkum about it, it's not a major. Well, know. that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I reckon. I reckon before we push on, Andy. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt no, you. No. I'm really buoyant about the fact that the Americans, even though it is, you know, in a lot of respects, uh, an exhibition and whatever, they have got a point to prove, I reckon, away from United States. So they're, they're much more competitive in the Ryder Cup when they're on home soil. It stands mm. to reason. They had their they had their butts handed to them last year by the Europeans. I reckon they've got a bit, a bit about them. I don't think they want to just, you know, lollygag in here and, and, yeah. and just... Follow well, up what they need to win. I reckon be, they're going to try. Should imagine more, if they lost, yeah. uh, it would be carnage. And you, you could hear the giggles all the way from Paris. I reckon if if they lost, in should the be more lollygagging on inside the ropes. By the way, you should. We need to have at least once every four episodes somebody drops the word lollygag. Hey, so, in, in terms of the captain's pigs, yes, I was please. just going to throw that in. Um, so we've talked about Tiger. Have a listen to some of the the players from the American side who <laughs> who aren't in the eight. So these players are available. Patrick Reed. Tony Finau, uh, who's number 12 in the world, if you don't mind. He's not in the, in the team yet. Uh, Gary Woodland. Uh, Ricky Fowler, you mentioned before, Hazy. So, I don't know. Who are they going to go there? Would they mm. go Reed? Are they going to be worried about his influence in the rooms, change rooms? Or do they like having him there? Are they going to have someone to play with him? Well, I think Who wants yeah. to play with Patrick Reed? Well, I think they'll find someone because, you know, I he's, think he'll the, be there. he's the match player extraordinaire. Captain America. Captain America, and you know, so we're like saying you, Reed Woods, I reckon Fowler will be there. So it'd be interesting if they don't pick him, if they choose to bypass him, Reed. Yeah, that'll be interesting. There's a bit of a statement being made, isn't it? Be fascinating. Yeah, really. Oh, well. See, when you go through that list, and you know, Woodland, obviously, U.S. Open. Hmm. You haven't mentioned Jordan Spieth. You haven't mentioned oh, that no, Phil Mickelson. Yeah. You know, there's Spieth, a ha- Mickelson. Yeah, there's a handful of guys okay. who would be walk-up starts in the international team who aren't even going to get considered for a pick here. So 
you know, that's the depth of the American golfing system. And, you know, we're, we're envious. We, we speak ill sometimes of some of the things that they do collectively, but, you know, we're, we're envious as hell as the talent they've got. Oh, who, who do you fancy on the international side? But So we're saying Jason Day probably gets a pick. Tick. 23 in the world. Surely he's got to be there. I'm After bre- that, I'm thinking Justin Harding. Oh, I'm bringing him. I'm Justin bringing Harding? Him. Yeah, I'm picking him. He played well at the Masters. Yeah, I'm picking him for sure. He's Mackenzie definitely... Course, Fast Greens. Yep. Royal Melbourne I, lo- I, lo- I like Just him Harding, in that environment. Uh, yeah. we, you can say a Jazz's name again, Hazy. Jenna we did that so well. Uh, what about... I think uh, he's a certainty, by the way. Do you? Ben yeah. Arn. Well, there's what about, three. What about Ben Arn? Who, um, 49 no, in the world. He's no certainty. I, I think the one that you've got on your list there, Blakey, I can see. Corey Connors. Corey Connors. Yeah. Um, he's, he's in the Tour Championship, isn't he? He is. And, and he played well at Augusta. And he's played well in Australia before when he was out here as an amateur. Um, so there you go. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think if they're not picking home country players for that reason, I like to think, well, I don't like to, I just, I just know that they'll pick more countries to get more people okay. involved under okay. the international well, umbrella. Yeah, cool. So oh, right. if they end up with a – that's a, triply the reason why they'll pick Jazz because mm. they'll get Thailand involved. Mm. If they end up with Corey Connors, they'll get Canada involved. Um, you know, I thought if Emiliano Grillo had done anything in the last two months, they would have picked him or Joaquin um, Neiman from Chile, Joaquin Neiman. But they've sort of tailed off. So I wouldn't surprise to see a couple of more different what about countries. Big He's injured apparently. Right. Um, ben Everill informs me that he – would have been high in their thinking for a pick, but uh, for his experience, he's global now. So, mm, mm. But apparently he's injured, unfortunately, the big barn rat. Okay. Um, so we'll wait and see. There's a leaping off point here with that has a connection to Royal Melbourne and golf course design and the President's Cup. And it's Adam Scott. And they've done the media bombardment here in Australia, selected players within the international team and the American team this week. And Dave, Dave Colbert and Jump, the team at Jump are doing a super job, by the way. They mm-hmm. are making it very easy for these guys to be heard and for this event. And he's a mate of mine, so I'll put that on the But I think they're doing a really good job promoting this uh, and giving people the opportunity to speak about it and have it be heard, spoken about. So well done to you guys. But... Adam Scott in one of those media call-outs was fascinating this week about length Truly. of golf courses. This was a really interesting, really interesting thing that Scott had to say. It was, uh, and uh, we will – it's not up right now as we speak, Andy, but mm. by the time people listen to this, there'll be a great story on the golf.org.au website that Mike Clayton's written great. about it. Uh, so Scotty basically said uh, – and this is in relation to Justin Thomas – going incredibly low, 25 under to win the BMW Championship at Medina, Medina. in Chicago on another slop fest of a course. Mm. One of the re- most revered courses that's hosted a lot of major championships, um, dart golf. And Scotty basically said, there is no course that can contain us when they produce it as soft as this. Long means nothing to us. Yeah. Mm. That was his direct, long means nothing to us. He said that now with the forgiving nature of drivers, they just line up and they hit it straight. Yeah. And, they, and they're playing straight courses. Yeah. He said everything's straight, long means nothing to us. And you look at the changes that have been made to Medina over the last 30 years and the scoring um, alteration from back in the 70s to what we saw on the weekend. They've made it six or 700 metres longer and these guys are shooting 25 shots better. I mean, that's precisely what Clayton said. It's so. a joke. It's a joke. What what's happening at, at with this? And when's when when someone's going to learn 
when the penny's going to, when someone's actually going to stop just lengthening courses and um, playing this kind of target golf and listen to these guys, actually, it seems like both on particularly the European tour this week have done something tangible about slow play. It does sound like they're going to front foot this and really get on 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 the case of this. It sounds like the PJ Tour are making noises that you know maybe they'll head down a similar track, but. Golf length of golf courses and, and the way they present golf courses for play in America, if they don't listen to people like Adam Scott, who have been out there for two decades, and take on board what they're saying, we're going to get more boring golf being played. I mean, you compare it's just what, uh, dartboard stuff. It, it is it? blanky, and you can. And then pe- if you miss the green, you're in four inch rough. That's, it's just it's blanking away. It's horrible, and you compare it like we were flicking. I'm like, I'm sure, a lot of golf fans, a lot of people listening to this show, would have been doing the same on the weekend. You're flicking over from Madonna, where the best players in the world are playing, and you're looking at Pinehurst, where the best kids in the world are playing. Yeah. And how much better was the golf to watch? Yeah. How much more interesting was it at Pinehurst mm. than it was at Madonna with runoffs and sandy wastelands? And, you know, it was just a, it was just a, it was just a better golf course to play on. It was a much better, much better game of golf to watch. Get well, the course record. So Justin Thomas wins at 25 under Hazy. The course record at the start of the week was 65. Hideki Matsuyama took it down to 63, mm. I think on the second day. Yep. And Justin Thomas shot 61 on the third day. So it went down by four shots Josh. this week. Uh, all these old courses are just getting destroyed. And, you know, we're fortunate that when the President's Cup does come here, at least it's match play. So no one's really taking any notice that they're, you know, if it's calm conditions, they'll birdie nearly every hole in match play. But, you, you know, you're not looking at a score under par. But, gee, Royal Melbourne would be a, a par 68 uh, to oh, these guys. Y- well, it's already... I think. There's a couple of par fives that are for members who are playing as par four. So it's instantly a sev- par yeah. 70. Yeah, but those par fives are still in existence. So the, I'm just have to go with the west and east courses here. Sorry, because I don't know the order yet in my head. But it'll be um, two west and one, two, three, four west. So the, there's two par fives to start out. They are driver nine iron, mm. and they both play as par fives. I mean, it's you still don't even need a a long iron to play in for these guys. They they cut the corners yep, that's, yep. on the second and and they just bomb it on the on the fourth and uh, are up where historically it was devised to be the third shot where they turn the corner on mm. the to the right on that par five. So I don't think it's just the ball either. It's just it's no. the size of the club head which allows them to these fit athletes to swing incredibly hard and know that they're not you know, if they get a slightly off centre hit, they'll still get it out there. Mm. I want um, so. I reckon it's important that we keep reiterating that we're not sitting here potting titleists or anyone. They, no, do, no, no. they do outstanding research. I mean, it's cutting edge science. It's brilliant. Not blaming the players; they've got to go with the punches. Uh, not blaming even the RNA and USJ because they are at least talking about you know reeling things in. It's about time the players did something, and they started to thankfully. Um, but I, I I still think the blame lies a lot with the tours because they just don't enforce the written rules as they stand now. And then impl- and it, it goes to not only distance, but it goes to pace of play. All these things are really grey areas on the rules so that the tour have loopholes mm. that they don't ram home. If they choose 
to do what's right for the good of the game as opposed to just their own bottom line, we'll see a totally different thing. I was really rapt to see that European tour thing, Andy. Yeah, so It was the first concrete thing we've seen at all, I yep. reckon. No, it, was, it's, it was actually meaningful, and you can you know, there's, a, there's a bit of meat on the bones of it, so probably a bit too much for us to go into here, but there's four categories that they're going to um, look at to – um, and I think it looks like you've got it in front of you. There. Yeah, and it's it's way too long to yeah. roll through here. But four point plan: one is regulation, two is education, three is innovation, and four, hip hip array. I'm sorry for the you know the, the stragglers in pro fields, but field sizes. Mm. You know you, the simple maths will tell you, as as Andrew Langford Jones wrote in a magazine article recently, that you can't have ten minute intervals, and I think it's. 13 strong fields, uh, 13, uh, I've got to get this right. If you have 156 player fields, you've got 78 on either side. That's 26 groups playing two T starts. That's 13 on each side, if that makes sense to mm. everyone. Mm. If you have 10 minute starts, you're going to have a bottleneck when you come around through nine holes. You're instantly yeah. going to have a wait. Yep. It doesn't make any sense. No. Once that happens, they're waiting the whole rest of the way. And if there's any problem at all, it just amplifies out. Yep. So we need to get to the point where you don't have any holdups in the starting field. So either you shorten the gap between the groups, which is never going to happen. We can't do it. No. Or, um, you know, we reduce the size of the field. And when you have par fives, this is all, it all compounds back together. When you have par fives that are so easily reachable in two, the pace of so play on waiting. that hole is horrendous because they're waiting for the mm. groups to clear the green up in front. So. Waiting to hit their seven iron in. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, look, there's a lot to it, but um, bravo, Adam Scott. Here, here. Bravo, Adam Scott. It was a, it was a great thing to say. Um, Curtis, like about to join us. Shall we park everything else until the end? Why don't we park everything else? There's a bit of other stuff to get through, uh, but we want to get to Curtis Luck. And on the back of that, we'll wrap up exactly where uh, these other couple of key Australians sit when it comes to the chase for a PGA Tour card. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. Curtis Luck to join us next. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's national junior program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. MyGolf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. Welcome back to the show. Uh, obviously, there's so many places to um, focus our attention at the moment, but the Corn Ferry, do we call them finals or pl- – what, what is the actual – Well, we used to call them web finals. So web finals, the Corn Ferry finals, the KF – KFT finals. There you go, the, K- the KFT finals. Uh, well and truly on the end of the second week, and there was a fantastic result, uh, a, a great result for one Aussie and a really encouraging and promising result for another couple. It's the great result that we're going to focus on uh, with Curtis Luck having a terrific finish um, in the first of the finals, and it really sets up a great opportunity for the young West Australian to secure one of these 25 remaining PGA Tour cards. And it's with great delight that we say Curtis Luck joins us on Inside the Ropes. Mate, thanks for, t- thanks for your time and well played on the weekend. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good week. Um, it's fortunately that, that first course we play in the Corn uh, Ferry Finals is is one I enjoy and, and really like playing, and they set it up nicely for us. So it's, uh, every year I've been back there, it's always really firm. So it's kind of uh, pacing over Australia, and I think that's one of the reasons I like it so much. Did Did you know that it was coming? I mean, obviously the form leading in maybe hasn't been quite where you want it to be. Did Did you know that you were hitting the ball well enough to 
sort of have the kind of finish that you had? Yeah, um, it's been an interesting um, couple of months. Uh, I've, I've actually struggled in with it equipment-wise. Um, particularly after two, I've, I've, I've felt like at times it's, I felt like I've been swinging it nicely and, and not been seeing any like, results um, from the tee. And, and the problem is that sort of spreads through the game and, and I was probably getting less confident with other areas um, because of it. And so um, a few little equipment um, changes in the week off before Cornbury Finals and the driver seems to be back on track and, and yeah, I'm picking up some confidence. And, and I also had my coach, um, Craig Bishop, in town the week before last. So, um, yeah, we did some really good work and, yeah, I started to, uh, to feel a bit better about my game. What's the, what's the equipment thing, mate? Because you've been, I would imagine, pretty solid with your equipment for quite a while. Yeah, I just uh, I just struggled with drivers. Um, yeah, I just for some reason I couldn't seem to find one where the miss miss was what I was sort of searching for. Um, like it was fine when when I was you know hitting it perfectly out of the center every time, but um, unfortunately even for us, it's, that's not how how it goes. You know, if we, we miss it. it it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird one. Like, to, to get a driver present, you know, it's screwed every single time, almost impossible. So I was struggling with the, the mishit of the driver and, and sort of following where, where the mishit would go. Um, so, as you said, like a few changes to the driver in the last week, um, I've managed to, I feel like, get a little bit more, like, I can now predict when I put a bad swing on it where it's going to go, which ultimately is, is huge for me out there because, um, you know, when I'm putting good swings on it, I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's, it's going to be in play and in the fairway. And, and when I'm putting, you know, I'm going to put a bad swing on it occasionally, I'm going to find it because I know, you know, roughly where it's going. So last time you spoke to us, mate, you were, you know, travelling along um, with regards to the PGA Tour. You know, you were making progress but not setting the world on fire. Uh you are a very positive person. I, I can't imagine, even though you you know didn't get the results you wanted in the previous couple of months, that you've let it get get to you. And I know that you're already focusing pretty hard on this week. Yeah, um, it's kind of one of those things. You know, I, I'm in a I'm definitely in a fortunate position, and, and um, I've had like a lot of time this year because because my goal wasn't that good to think about you know what what I need to do to to get where I need to be, and. Ultimately, I was really lucky in the fact that, like, regardless of my results at the Corn Ferry Finals, um, like, I was kind of in a win-win situation because if I didn't play the right and didn't get my PGA Tour card back, I'd basically have four months off to work on all the things that I felt like I needed to and, and do everything and try and tick off all the boxes that, you know, the things that are tough to do whilst you're trying to play mid-season. Um, so that was kind of a positive. Also, then I would probably get the chance to, to come home for an extended period of time and, and get to you know, spend some time with family and friends. Um, and then obviously the flip side to that is I play there, I get my PGA Tour card back, um, and you know I'm back on the road and, and going to give it another crack on you know, more courses that I've now seen and, and probably feel a bit more comfortable on. 
Curtis, what do you need to do in these next two events to lock up that card? To be honest, um, it's, it's kind of a blurred line because this is the first year that I've got only three events in these finals rather than four, and it's also the first year they've gone to a points system over money. So um, I know last week they said like a solid six would lock up your card, but I think that's in a prediction, and I don't know how accurate that is. Um, I obviously finished tied seventh with four, uh, three other players, so you know, I'm, I'm right there close, but we, yeah, we don't actually know. So, I mean, ultimately, for me, you know, go out and play well because I think the best result for me would be to, to play well this week and be able to take the third again off and, and you know go home back to Orlando and, and do some work before uh, the PGA Tour season starts. And if you do get it back, which we absolutely hope that you do and, uh, and we expect that you will, what do you need to do better? What's um, What's been missing so far, I guess, is what I'm getting at, having reflected on a, on a year that you've had. I think, you know, I, I've just been talking about my driving, I think. Um, I usually play my best when I'm when I'm driving it, you know, better. Um, I've never been a particularly like super accurate driver with the ball, but I definitely have my best results when I when I feel comfortable um, off the tees, and and it sort of flows through my game when I'm driving it well because I start hitting my irons better, and, and and all that sort of comes along with it. Where when I'm driving it poorly, I lose confidence in my swing and myself. And, and so it sort of spreads. I've been cutting and chipping um, great last year. You know, like I, I think I was top 25 um, for the, the cutting stats for the year, which is always a nice one to have. Um, but the problem I find on the PGA Tour is, is the course is you know, tough and cutting is the last part of the whole, you know, you, you some, <laughs> As, as one of my good friends really says to me, you know, there's two things that don't survive in this world. Dogs that chase cars and pros that cut the bars. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering, Curtis, listening to you answer Blakey's question there, are the biggest, like two years, two and a half years, whatever it is now that you've been doing this as a pro, are the biggest lessons for you, are they golf lessons or are they kind of life slash time slash management lessons that you're learning um, out there, what 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 are the biggest learnings that you know you've needed to take on board in the short time that you've been a pro? Look, I think the the learning curve of traveling and all that was big in the first year or so, um, but then you know now it's more more just wrapping my head around you know different golf courses and you know playing different grasses and and all that because you get such a variety in the US, you get such a change. Um, from one week to the next, and, and, and there's no sort of, there's no consistency. So it's, it's being able to jump week to week and be able to make all the, the necessary like, little fine changes to, uh, to adapt to play, you know, that course well, whatever it may be. Um, for me, it's definitely the biggest thing that, like, I'm learning is, you know, I've got to maintain my ball striking throughout the year. And, um, I'm sort of trying to cover all areas and, and how I can do that and like this year's been a, a much different year for me like away from just hitting balls and practicing I'm trying to get my body in, in a better position so I can you know 
stay more consistent when I'm on the golf course. Um, and then, yeah, obviously still trying to uh, juggle hitting enough balls and, and practicing without wearing yourself down. It's really important as well. So, Curtis, we were talking about Tiger Woods and the President's Cup earlier on. Have you got a newfound admiration, given that answer? Have you got a newfound admiration for you know, blokes at the absolute pointy end of the game who can take their game to wherever they need to on a big stage and make the quick adjustments in the three or four days leading up? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something you notice, obviously. And the thing is with most of these guys is, for the most part, um, with the older, the good players, you know, they've seen all the golf courses, and that is one big advantage that they've got, you know. Like, that it's, it's a weird one, but something I've noticed myself is, is never underestimate like what spending a couple of days at home can do to train events and, and that's something that those guys get to do more often than we do and that's you know from Sunday night they get flying five at home sometimes um, spending two days in their own bed at their own house and then flying in Tuesday night or Wednesday morning whatever it may be yeah. um, and that's something I've noticed that like it's huge being able to spend that time um you know, in, in a comfortable place and, and just being able to take your brain out for a split second. Because the weeks do back up um, when you're playing four weeks in a row um, and you're sort of travelling back and forth all over the shop. Um, yeah, it does. It kind of starts to slow down on you and, and it, it does, you know, take its toll. So I think for them, it's, it's one big thing that they've got on like someone in my circumstance right now is, is knowing all these forces and yeah, um, just I guess having the confidence that that they don't have to do all this crazy work leading into the week, you so, know, before Thursday to uh, feel comfortable. So just by way of example, you've left Columbus where you finished seventh, and you now we're talking to you in Boise, Idaho. I can't imagine there's, you know, direct Learjets from Columbus to uh, to Boise or anywhere in that northwest area. How did you get there, and what's the process? Yeah, so I uh, I flew obviously Monday here, um, Monday morning to Chicago. So um, yeah, I ended up. It was, it was I think all up travel time. It was probably from when I got to the airport in Columbus. It was probably seven seven to seven to eight hours of travel, which is, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm just obviously, for me, coming from East Coast to West Coast, I'm feeling a little tired. Uh, like right now, it's 8.15, which would be, uh, I think, just after 10, and obviously having a big week last week. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling a bit knackered. Hey, Curtis, uh, can you talk us through that first year on the PGA Tour or your first year as a as a full-time member in terms of lifestyle? What, what's it been like? I know that a lot of players we've had on here talk about the gifts that you get when you turn up to events and stuff like that. Mm. I know that you made 432 grand, which sounds like a lot, but I bet you that a lot of that got chewed up uh, along the way with travel and all that kind of thing. Uh, what's it been like from a lifestyle point of view? Have you enjoyed it? Uh, do you miss home a lot of the time? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I, I mean, I've, I've had plenty of time obviously to think about these things. And, um, look, it's, it's obviously one of, like, we have a great earnings 
So I guess that earned potential out on the PGA Tour. Um, if you play good, you're, you're very well rewarded. But then at the same time, you know, like our lifestyle is extremely expensive with all the travel we're doing. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of this year's been. I mean, it's it's life's very easy on the PGA Tour for the players. They do a great job of of setting us up nicely, like in comparison to other tours I've played on. Um, you know, like most weeks we we'll show up at the airport and we have a car waiting for us that we get to drive all week, you know, free of charge and then we just drop it off when we're leaving. Um, the trailers that they take week and week out in the tour, like the, the gym and physio trailers are awesome. Um, that means we don't have to go off site, we can do all our stuff on site and then, you know, we get treated awesomely usually at the club houses and we get great food. So all that that's great. Um, but as I said, you know, the, the travel does wear on you. Um, it's the travel aspect of it does get less exciting. I think the more I do it. Um, I still love checking out new places and, and going to places that I do enjoy. Like this is funnily enough a, a week in Boise where it's um kind of like an undercover really great city in America to go visit. Um, good restaurants. It's kind of got a small town feel. It's very clean. Um, I always love coming back here. So, but yeah, the, the travel world thing, um, I definitely miss Australia as well as Orlando when I'm on the road. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that, fortunately, my parents were out here maybe two months ago or, or you know, eight weeks ago, roughly. Um, so I got to, to catch up with them, but it's definitely uh, something I miss is being out of this. Have like friends on your doorstep back home and, and family. Uh, mate, speaking of friends, uh, it would be remiss of us not to ask you about a couple of your nearest and dearest. Um, I've had some great results this year, one being Ryan Ruffles, your, your housemate. He's uh, kicking goals with that. I guess, kicking the match winner, if that makes sense. Love you to talk us through what he's been through because he's uh, obviously making huge inroads, but also your really good mate, Hannah Green, and what she accomplished. Yeah, um, so, yeah, quite, quite amazing what's going on. Um, so with Ryan, um, I obviously, being a housemate with him, got to sort of witness firsthand exactly what's happened in the, in the last 12 months. Um, I can only say extremely impressed and I think he's showed his true character and, and how hard he's prepared to work it's, um, I think it's no lying saying you know at the end of last year he wasn't, wasn't in a good way um, with how he's feeling about his golf and, and how his golf was in general um, but you know he, he put in the hard work and, and Dennis has obviously done a really good job on getting him back on track um, so the season coming out this year, I wasn't really sure exactly what was going to happen early, and and he came out firing, which is um, incredible, and, and he's still going, which is great to see. I think you know this, this second half of the Latin season that's going to start in a month's time, I think is going to be obviously really important for him um, to, to get some web status. So uh, I can only hope that he, he keeps kicking along the way he is because. It only looks really positive, and, and from what I've seen in the few weeks, we get to spend all the few days, we get to actually see each other in Orlando. Like, it looks fantastic, and 
um, yeah, he seems to be doing all the right stuff. And then Hannah, <laughs> yeah, Hannah, my parents were actually in town in the US. We were at Cut with Connecticut that week playing uh, travel championship yeah. when she was playing the women's PGA. Um, and we were all sitting in the hotel room that Sunday, um, one of the hotel rooms, yeah, and uh, watching Hannah play. And obviously, fingers crossed for her to get it done that Sunday afternoon, and, and she managed to get it, which was incredible. And we're all, my, my parents and I were all sitting in the, in the room on the bed, sort of just crying. Um, hmm. I've known Hannah since I was like, I think I was four years old, and we were in like kindergarten together. Um, so, just a background on me and Hannah. We went to primary school and lived in the same area when we were really young. And then I moved to somewhere separate in Perth. And then, like, it was probably five years later, we both sort of picked up golf and met each other again um, through golf. That's a hell of a story. Yeah. It's a great story. And you consider the talent that's pouring his way out of WA at the moment and has been for a little while now, Curtis. And um, that's a, just a hell of a story that I'm sure, given what you two are doing and a couple of others out of that neck of the woods, particularly the young fellow who <clears throat> got himself through to the quarterfinals of the US Amateur uh, the same weekend that you were doing what you were doing, there's a lot of inspiration for young golfers coming out of Western Australia at the moment. Hey, great to see you do what you did last week. Good luck in Boise. Uh, everybody back here is, um, you know, staring at it, looking at the numbers as they fall, and we wish all the very best, mate. You're very, very close, and um, that one last step, we'll all be taking it with you once you get there. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, have a good one. Good on you, you too. Curtis Luck joining us on Inside the Ropes. The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your golf link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows, maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today. The home of Australian golf. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes. Fantastic to have Curtis Luck uh, make himself available to us. It's a huge moment in his life. I mean, he's only been doing this in pro ranks for two and a half years, but... This is a real opportunity that sits in front of him now. And I was fascinated, before we get to where the others sit, I was fascinated to hear him say, I don't want to know, in effect, he basically said, I don't want to know the number. I don't know. I don't want to know if I've got to be T38 or better. Yeah. Just, just let me go out and play and the rest will kind of take care of itself. It, it displays a degree of patience and understanding and um, what works best for him. Some people would probably like to have the number in front of them and know that if they get inside that number, they're going to be okay. But for yeah. others, it probably doesn't work that way. More process rather than outcome. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I didn't bring yeah. it up with him for that very reason. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, yeah, Hazy's actually got the numbers. Yeah. yeah. He, he, the number for Curtis Luck, um, as is for Tom Ho, Justin Harding and Anna Barnley-Heary, they each need to finish in a two-way tie for 38th or better in either of the next two weeks. Okay. 
um, that'll give him enough points to get through. That's that's from the Corn Ferry people themselves. So, yeah, I, I love, and we we make no bones about this. We've been trying to get Jason Day, for example, on this podcast for ages. I love that I can just text uh, Curtis Luck and he'll drop mm-hmm. whatever he's doing to coming right. on. I think he's it is, a beauty. Isn't yeah, it? he's a cracking human. He's Are a you beauty. Convinced that he'll make it, Andy? Oh, it's impossible not to see him make it. Mm. I know his form leading in wasn't great. I think he missed what was it six of the previous seven cuts. So now, when I say that, I mean, will he make it as a big time player? Oh, oh well, it's twenty three years old. I mean, mm. I, I know that that what we're seeing out of some of these Americans at the moment is that yeah, twenty three is a time to go. But oh, oh, give him another three, four, five years before you're really ready to make a call. I reckon. I've is that been, fair? I mean, I've always been yeah. confident about him, but. Just on on the basis of his charisma and the way that he carries himself, he's so uh, interesting and so smart. Um, But his game doesn't have the pop that some of the big-time players have. So you'll notice he mentions there today about the course last week Hmm. suited him. You know, he needs a a faster type of course. So sometimes I look at him and I think maybe he'd be better playing in Europe. But um, there he is in the States. They're all shooting 20, 25 under. Yeah. Each week, it's yeah. not really his go. That's an interesting he, he's call. More, yeah. of, more of a grinding player, I, th- I think. Um, I th- based around said, short game. Last year, the harder the courses get, the better yeah. he go relative to others. Yeah. So if he could get himself, if he get his ranking up and get himself into the majors, he might play well in the majors. Well, but, absolutely. Well, but such at the a moment, dr- he's, he's got that step in front. Well, of him. we've always sort of such a. I mean, you know, drive for show, putt for die, but it's kind of not really that way anymore in America. I mean, if you can't hit it 300-plus routinely in America, then you're kind of on the back foot a little bit, given the courses that they're playing and the type of golf that it is encouraged to be played yeah. in America at the moment. You need to be able to get it out there to give yourself scoring opportunities. And if you're not hitting short irons in, if you're hitting mid, you know, then you're, the statistics are going to tell you that you're less likely to give yourself as many birdie opportunities as guys who just smash it. So if he has been having trouble with the driver and he isn't hitting it as far as a majority of the field, then, um, yeah, I mean, you make a reasonable a point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Andy, we, Jamie we speak Arnold. with great reverence about Curtis Luck and unfortunately yeah. um, there are, I mean, let's not, you know, this isn't the end of the world. Jamie Arnold's still, still right a in it. great yeah. chance yeah. to yep. get his PGA Tour card. Uh, but... For the third or fourth time in the past six or seven weeks, he's had a. There have been golden chances. This was platinum. This chance I can't, he had I can't believe to get his story. PGA Tour card. I, I feel really sorry for him, and I keep saying I need to get him on, and we will. And I, I apologise that. And I he's haven't. not played on the main tour. Never played on the main tour. He's on the seventy-first tee at in Columbus, and he's standing there knowing that he can play the next two holes. At least one over, maybe more, depending on what happens, and he'll get his card in the PGA Tour. And the poor bloke pulls it on a par three into a spot where he can't shoot at the pin, but he's, he he makes a really smart decision with his with his chip shot, plays it away from the flag, and he's got about a thirty foot putt for a par, knowing that he's got a couple to work with still. So he two putts for a bogey, he's still got a PGA Tour card if you can par the last. Well, unfortunately, he hits his first putt thirty five feet. He hits his second putt uh, about nine feet, so four feet past, and he hooks out hard on the third putt. And he takes one chip, four putts, triple bogey six, and he's now two shots outside his PGA Tour card. And I, I honestly, it's the most gut-wrenching thing to watch. Uh, a bloke's dream. 
evaporate in five quick swings of the club from inside 25 metres. Let's let's make a point of getting him on as soon as he gets his card. Oh, he, he. The good yep. news out of all of that is that he's still got a good chance, Hazel. He has. Because he, he, he finished high up anyway. Tie 11. And the same way with... Tie 11 with a triple at the second last, if you don't mind. No, so, so he needs a... Um, where are we? He needs a two-way... Sorry, a solo 25th or better in Boise. one of the next two weeks. <sighs> So he, it, it, it's 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 right there. Mm. So let's hope this is a, a story with a with a with a silver lining, Blakey. Yeah, because right now it's a gut wrenching well, heartbreaker. You, I know that is. You feel sick I listening do. to you take. I feel sick listening uh, to you relive that, right? But it's not too big a leap to convince yourself that well, I was there. I played well enough for three rounds and sixteen holes to get myself in a position to be good enough to to be there. So. I'm playing well enough. I've just got to take the blemish. And to his credit, Andy, he's he's done exactly that at least twice previously in the last month because he's had double bogeys on par fives with it all to play for in the closing stages of at least two okay, regular right season on. tour events. And he's put them behind him two or three times already mm. to come up, bob up, and put his name back in oh, the frame. It'll be so, a hell of a story when he when he gets there. Yeah, and, and the other one from that front, Cam Percy, who was – Hot out of the blocks on, uh, led, on Thursday, led yeah. yeah, had a magnificent chip or not chip in. It was a, a long iron Hole for an eagle yeah. hole out for two and shot a sixty four. And you think here he goes, he's he's away. Unfortunately, a seventy four in the second round sort of cooled him down a little bit. But he he bounced back with a sixty eight on the in the final round to get to tie eleven. So he also needs a solo twenty fifth or better. So he's at some got a point. chance. He's got a great chance. Mm. Green Gibson's already got his. He finished tied thirty seventh. The disappointment, Cam Davis um, closed with a 75 and fell down to T56, and Brett Coletta missed the cut, unfortunately. So Two more to go, right? Two to go. Um, this this week. 25 uh, cards. Yeah, and there's uh, a, as we said, we spoke to Curtis in Boise in Idaho. Uh, then it's the Tour Championship the week after, um, and that's, that's all she wrote. Wrap up the other Australians in the BMW Championship. Yes, so a... Really impressive week um, for the Australians more more broadly as well as this. But Adam Scott, the aforementioned, was tied ninth. Uh, he's playing moving, well, isn't he? Playing really consistent yeah. golf. 67, 71, 69, 67. That's really good golf in anyone's language. He's up to 13th in the – he was ninth there, 13th in the FedEx Cup. So onto the Tour Championship. Mark Leishman finished 19th. And he's up – he uh, is now 21st. So he's on to the Tour Championship. Uh, Jason Day, 52nd. And that's the end of him, 54th the year on the FedEx Cup. Top 30 play in Atlanta this week. Mm. Are you across the new format for the Tour uh, Championship? It starts hurting my brain when I think Apart from it. the fact that they're playing for an obscene amount of money. So they're basically a hand- is it essentially a handicap system. Is that pretty it's much what handicap. it is? It's handicap. So uh, Justin Thomas is the number one seed, so he's going to start at minus 10. And the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup are not separate, uh, uh, kind of not separate anymore. It's It's just one event rather than We've had a couple of instances recently, including last year, where the Tour Championship winner didn't win the FedEx Cup for the whole season. So they didn't like that. Fair enough, too. Uh, it didn't really work, did it? So no, they're, they're, well, it's Rose... kind of a desperation thing, but it seems a bit crazy to me. The oh, lunacy. So Thomas is going to be 10. He's starting 10 shots ahead of quite a few in the field. Mark Leishman, for instance, is starting at minus one as the 21st seed. So he's spotting nine shots to mm. Justin Thomas mm. before he tees up on day one. 
Good luck. I mean, even Kepka's getting a few shots. Is it making it more any more interesting to you too? No, no, it doesn't make it interesting at all. It makes it. It makes it the only thing that, as Blakey said, it makes it more understandable on the last day when the bloke who holds the winning putt also gets the big check. You win the Tour Championship, you win the other thing. As yeah. opposed to last year when Tiger wins the championship, Rose wins the big check. It, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's confusing. Yeah. Um, as is the rich getting richer as a general. Well, that's 100K to the last. That's just 100K. You know, it's a bit the same, really. Andrew Dote. This is a fascinating story, this bloke. Oh, there's a lot of interesting stories in pro golf, but and I'm not saying his is the most interesting, but his is interesting. He wins, he's now won three times in Asia or co-sanctioned Asia Europe. Mm-hmm. He's won in 2010, 2015, and 2019. That pre- I mean, that's that's not a regular no. career sort of arc, I don't reckon. And in no. between, he's had unbelievable stretches of kind of oblivion almost. He sort of drops off the face of the map a little Total bit. Total oblivion. And this one was probably injury enforced. Most That's right. He's only it. played seven times this year. Yeah, yeah, back injury, like disc bulge in the back. So, you know, uh, it'd be interesting if we could get him on as well soon. Uh, but he, he can't have expected to play well first up. Fantastic story. Back injury and he comes out and wins. So maybe there's something instructive in that, you know, about being relaxed and yeah, maybe you know, a bit chilled because 33 years of age, you know. He, just, he has got something special, though, Blakey. I mean, yeah. it's, maybe his we best talked is about, very good. Yeah, he, he's, mm. he's Jamie Arnold in reverse. He's never there, but when he does, he gets over the line. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, so full kudos to him. He won a playoff against uh, Richard Lee in Sarawak. Um, also, Terry, Pil- Terry Pilkadaris, the veteran um, of both, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Victoria, but he's also WA. Uh, he was tied sixth. And Travis Smythe, really impressive uh, from him, tied 16th as well. So he's starting to uh, gather his momentum again, Trav. So that's good good play from him too. Uh, great stuff. And the USAM, we touched on this last, I think we were touching on this last week, but I certainly spoke to you midweek about it, Hazy, and we got we got ourselves, we allowed ourselves to get a bit excited with, you know, Carl Phillips was just in, he, he was awesome on the way through to the quarterfinals. And then the he could not putt. He couldn't get it near the hole in the quarterfinal. His putter just went Dead ice cold. Ice cold on him, didn't it? It did. He's had an unbelievable week. I mean, shot a, you know, we we mentioned him when he just started his uh, stroke play phase when we were recording like been, last week. Feels like we've been talking about Carl Phillips broadly for about 10 years. He's, he just turned 18. But he turned 18 was, mid-tournament. And Blakey and I were doing stories on him when he was, he was 8 and 9. Yeah, yeah, so it, is ten, it, is, yeah. it is a 10-year story is. so far, right? It is. Yeah, it was, yeah. a pheno- it was a phenomenon when he was 7 or 8 years yeah, old. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. He grew up here in Melbourne, and then what? The family must have moved to Perth. Hazy did they? Uh, I think he. Uh, yeah, it's a long story. He and now he's uh, now lived in the states for quite a few years because he went to a kind of a uh, a high school that had a, a golf program over there, and he's he's going to Stanford University, I think, next year. Uh, he starts. He's only seventeen, Hazy. So he's going to be he'll just be turned back, eighteen. He'll yeah. be back in the. Oh, sorry, he turned yeah, eighteen, 18 on the day yeah. of the, yeah. the quarterfinal. So he'll be he'll be most likely back next year. For another crack at that. Oh, he will. He's already and, played it three times. Because the winner, the winner was twenty-one. So if he goes the distance at Stanford, he may end up playing this thing eight times, which would be quite remarkable. <laughs> uh, if if um, so, where he was, um, he's as a result of his junior form. As you remember, he turned eighteen. He's still eligible to play juniors. He's in the. He'll be the number junior, one junior seed presence cup in that in the mm. junior presence cup for the international, which is team. part of the. Uh, 
you know, the main presence. Yeah. So he shot a 77 on the first round, Andy, mm. on the Pinehurst number two course. Goes across, shoots a course record equaling 65 on Strong Pinehurst man. number four. Uh, roars through, I, get, I think he gets the 22nd seed. Goes back out, uh, wins his way through the round of 16, round of 32, uh, 64 rather, 32. And in the round of 16, he was five under the card on Pinehurst number two with a hole to play against a guy who hadn't had a bogey and had his butt handed to him. It was Brad Dolkey, the guy who Curtis Luck beat in the final um, three years ago. Uh, I, I felt really sorry for him. Mm. I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable golf that he's played. But Carl Villets, that's a, that's a score that should make pro golfers sort of sit up and take notice. Mm. Five under on Pinehurst number two with a hole to play is unbelievable by any measure. That's a brutal course. And he's long too, Andrew. I know he looks he, he there were a couple he, of times he gives he, it a fearful hammer. Well, there were a couple of times he was behind the he was behind the count a bit in the quarterfinal times and he had to try and press uh the issue a bit off the tee and he hit some fearsome drives. Yeah. But the putter just unfortunately that he just could not hold a thing. So so just brushing up yep. some of the other results, Andy, uh, Ryan Ruffles, we mentioned before with Curtis, he was playing uh, in Winnipeg on the McKenzie Tour in Canada. Started off hot, 67-68, blew apart in the third round, 76, finished tight 11. Um, so he's probably, that's not enough to make a big dent in things. He's still going up there, I think, my understanding. Peter Senior, Peter Fowler, rather, on the Senior Tour. That's a, a Freudian slip there, probably. Peter Fowler. Uh, 75 to close when he had the Scottish Senior Open in his keeping. Mm. Uh, finished tied for second. Unbelievable Peter Fowler. Uh, he's just bulletproof. He just keeps going and going and going. Uh, on the, over in New York on the Champions Tour, Dave McKenzie was the best of the Aussies there. Tied 24th from one of your mates, Andy, Gavin Coles. Coles, saw his name bob up. <laughs> the angry ant. saw Gavin Coles' name bob up. I haven't seen that on a leaderboard for a long time. And unfortunately, I just want to mention, we've mentioned a lot of good things about her in, in her time with us. Karis Davidson missed, missed about her, I want to say, third cut in a row okay. on the Japanese women's tour. And I just want to figure it out, but she's 47th on the order of merit. And last year, I have it in my head. I, I've got a question in, but it hasn't responded yet. You needed to be in the top 45 to get your card. So I, she needs to do something in the next few weeks just right. to make sure of things. But hopefully we can get that over the well, line. Well, I'm sure you'll stay on Karis Davidson watch for all of us. I Maisie. will. I will. Um, a lot to look forward to. Uh, again, thanks to Curtis Luck for making himself available to us. It's always great to uh, get access to these young Australians who are doing good things out there in the world of golf. Um, good to see you two fellas. And you, Murray. We've got good one on little quirky one. We've got a little got general time? business. Go on. Yeah. We've got a couple of general business things. He's trying, oh, to, go wrap, on. He's oh, trying to wrap us up. Oh, again, I've got a lunch date. Go on. <laughs> I just go, wanted bro. to mention, Hazy, the, uh, I thought we the, ruffles, uh, the Ruffles and the Lees. Have you got an across Oh, no, this? I want to see this play. Gabby Ruffles, of course, wins the uh, US Amateur last week. And Ryan Ruffles, uh, who's, you know, they're very close, brother, sister. Um, they uh, Ryan puts a tweet out saying, you know, she's not, you know, going to be the best player in the family that easily and the way they go. And then I don't know how this happened, Hazy, but did Min Woo Lee sort of respond in some way? And then all, all of a sudden it, it it's looks like there's this. going to be a challenge <laughs> between Min Ji Lee, Min Woo Lee and the two Ruffles. Lee v. Ruffles squared. How good would that be? We have to see. If this this got to be streamed. Golf.org somewhere, I, somehow, get Hutchie to do it. Somehow the world needs to see this match. If this match happens... I've got I've got iron in the fire to try and get that down at Royal Kerr Lewis, Andy. 
Well, that yeah, would we be get special. this happening. It'll, yeah, be, right it'll be epic. That'll be the biggest thing that's come to Curlew since you. <laughs> Golf Australia's got <laughs> a new, longer stay for Golf Australia's got a new chairman, Andy. Yeah, Andrew has. Newbold, who's familiar to you and I Good because man. moving yep. in the football circles, Australian football, that is. Uh, he was chairman of Hawthorne when they won three premierships. He's now an AFL commissioner. He's a lawyer by trade. I mean, uh, his, his credentials are fantastic. A lot uh, to like about him. He's progressive, and I think he'll. He'll 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 challenge golf to think a bit outside its square. Got a great uh, suntan. He always looks a million bucks. Hello, <laughs> Andrew. No, he always. I'm sure he's a regular you're listening, Andrew. If he hasn't been, he should now as the chairman of the uh, chairman of the caper. <laughs> I've got one more little quirky golf one, Andy. Go on. Scotty Scheffler was the one that won the event in in Columbus, where Curtis Luck was uh, to get his card. So he won. Bo Hosler. Scheffler, Hosler. <laughs> but the guy who was equal second with Hosler. His name is, as I scramble around my paperwork, Bren- Brendan Todd. Oh, yeah. Remember Brendan Todd? I do remember Brendan Todd. Okay, so he's finished T2. He's got his card back on the PGA Tour. Did you realize this, Andy? He played 42 events in, 19, in 2016, 2017, and 18 and missed 37 cuts. I think we may have spoken about him on the show back in those days, Brendan Todd. Oh, yeah, my no, God. God. That's so resilience. That is resilience mm-hmm. 101 mm-hmm. right there. So I'm, I know that um, Brendan Todd's a big listener of the podcast, so we're sending you a shout-out. Go and have a hot one, Toddy. I reckon, uh, <laughs> I reckon yeah. there's some announcements coming soon. Hazy, is that right? About the Australian, you know, yeah. it's Australian Open? I can't tell you whether it's going to be this week after we've recorded or next week, but there's going to be some really big names now. Good announcements. Big Positive. Well, this is exciting news. Mm. Will we hear it here first on Inside the Ropes or will no, just be... Probably not. <laughs> right. I'd like to say that we break right, news, okay, but right. in this instance, we've been overrun by the powers that be. We will say that you're hearing it first here on Inside the Ropes, even if you've heard it somewhere else prior. Well done. Can I say goodbye to you now? You can now. Good, I'm going to have my band me. See you later. You see too. You, Good to Good see to you. Talk to you. Uh, thanks for being part of it, folks. Back next week uh, to do it all again. You've been listening to episode 116 of Inside the Ropes.